And this is where I want to do a little bit of a wind-up, because one of the big reactions I had from your first episode, talking about sex, gender, and identity, was how all of these move through a process that's very familiar to a lot of integral thinkers, which is this process of moving from fusion, a state of fusion, where sex, gender, and identity are all the same thing. This is the typical, traditional, amber mindset. If you're a male, you wear these clothes with these colors, and this is your identity. It's sort of, you inherit it. It's handed down to you in a lot of ways, right? You just have to grow into these sort of expectations that you were born into in a lot of ways. That's an amber state of fusion right however at orange sex identity and gender you get a little bit more differentiation you move from fusion to differentiation we start to notice oh these things you know sort of have their own realities and they're they can be related but they're different from each other right sex is its own thing now a lot of people will say, yeah, but, you know, uh, the conservatives are, you know, they must be orange. They must be sort of the, the modern rational mean because they're looking at it and they're, they're looking at the biology. Orange is the source, the bedrock of all the physical sciences. So when, you know, someone says there are only two genders, they're being scientific and they're being, you know, okay, I, I can follow that argument. However, alongside orange, right? is also what Robert Keegan calls this capacity, this stage of self-authorship, right? So with self-authorship, what we're talking about is individuals who now have the freedom to not just inherit their identity, but to actually explore it themselves and to construct it themselves, which further allows this differentiation between sex and gender and identity. All of this is coming through the self-authoring stage. So. I think nine times out of 10, if someone is just insisting, right, there are only two genders, and I'm being scientific when I say that, that's actually not a fully orange, modern, rational perspective. It might be a perspective that's actually coming from that sort of intermediary stage between amber and orange, what Suzanne Cook-Reuter calls the expert stage or the skill-centric stage. Uh, we sometimes call it the umber stage because it's kind of related to amber, but not, not quite. And, and, I, and I think a lot of the cultural wars are actually rooted at that level of the expert where they are, they are they're incapable of fully rational thinking, but they're obviously not fully conformist. They're in between, which means I cherry-pick my facts. I have a narrative that I don't really know as a narrative. Uh, I have a strong cognitive bias. I don't really understand cognitive bias. Right, so, so that's I'm, right. going to take, I'm going to take a that's stand right. using facts, but I'm going to use the facts that validate my opinion, and I'm not going to consider your facts if they undermine my facts. My facts, please. It's the debate culture. Whenever someone says, debate me, debate me, debate me, chances are they're coming from that umber expert stage of development. Because orange exchange isn't so much like a debate, it's more like a dialogue. It's and a then dialectic. green exchange is more like discourse. And then yeah. integral exchange is more like a dialectic, right? It, so you're actually yeah, moving yeah, yeah, yeah. from, from yeah. doctrine at amber, to dialogue at orange, to discourse at green, to dialectic at... I, I, I like it because it alliterates, right? And if it alliterates, yeah. there's a greater chance of it being true because it's more <laughs> beautiful. Um, but continuing sort of this, so, this thing, so, so actually, we find... Um, so so, so, so just, just say that again, because I think uh, that's... I haven't heard that before. And, and uh, so just run through that progress of how truth... How we exchange how we come to other? truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so with amber, it's about doctrine, right? I've got the book that's right. Yeah. The truth is dropped on your head from the top down, from the authorities yeah. on down, right? And that's just yeah, I mean, yeah, you don't yeah. question that, and you can't really yeah. have conversations outside of that. Then you get to Expert. 
the expert stage, which is the debate stage. I have my truth. I have my principled sort of, you know, version of the truth. And, and I'm if I'm better at gathering facts than you, I'm going to win. That's right. And I'm, I'm going to compete with your version of the truth. And exactly. Then you get to orange, which is about dialogue. There's more curiosity and exploration begins to open up. Steel man and straw man become become part of the actual lived understanding. Oh, I don't want to straw man this person because that's inauthentic and I actually that's want to have right. a dialogue with you. So you that's tell right. me what you think. I'm not going to tell right. you what you think. As does a greater capacity for perspective taking. I disagree with you, but I can take your perspective and understand why, you know, how your view came in the first place. And I might disagree with your view, but I can see sort of the underpinnings that I might have some agreement with. A real dialogue begins to take place. Right? And then at green, yep. you get discourse, where it's kind of like, okay, <laughs> it's not enough to sort of have two people in dialogue. We have to take a look at all the possible permutations of perspective that are out there and put it all on the table. Everything in other words, in other words, what, like what are what are on the unseen assumptions I may have? What are unconscious power biases I might have? What are yep. gendered expectations I may have? Right. That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. This is the green stage. And what I'll do is I'll try to fold these two sort of trajectories together. At the green stage, ideally what's happening is you're continuing. Healthy green is to continue that differentiation process. You can now see that sex and gender and identity are not the same, right? You can see that fairly clearly. And you're paying even closer attention to, for example, the kinds of cultural constructs that need to be deconstructed in order for us to come to a more healthy relationship with our sex, our gender, and our identity. Unhealthy green, however, lapses not into differentiation but into dissociation and this I think is what we're seeing with so much of the wokeism that's out there I think this is so much of what you were arguing against in your first episode about how you know all of a sudden no it's not sex and gender and identity it's only one of the three it's only one and everything else can be reduced to that right so we're gonna deny biology because guys biology is just the products of white men you know white cisgendered men created biology so it's inherently biased and you know therefore we need to deconstruct everything and you know so no my identity is purely mine and mine alone and has nothing to do with biology well yeah. congratulations yeah. Si 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 science is just another worldview right that's that that's you can right. sort of reduce that you know and it's like, well, that's okay, right. you know, that's interesting as you type that on your computer and get in an airplane and fly across the country. And, you know, it's, a, it's an interestingly, easily proven wrong belief. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Sort of, again, self-evidently wrong belief. Because at Orange, <laughs> the whole capacity for self-evident sort of arguments emerges in the first place, right? Wouldn't we that, find that, these truths to be self-evident. But, but, but wouldn't that put that unhealthy green really at, a, at the expert stage? Like, wouldn't, wouldn't it actually not be green? Wouldn't, well, wouldn't I, it really be pre-rational, essentially? Well, I think you just described what wokeism is. So what wokeism well, that's often what I is doing is, is taking fairly advanced green pluralistic... Nuanced concepts. Yeah. Very nuanced. Look, the idea of privilege, for example, is a tremendously useful and nuanced idea if you are wielding it the way it's supposed to be wielded. The moment you take this very, you know, fairly advanced idea of privilege, which is a, a high green sort of systemic observation of reality and the kinds of proximities that we share with each other, the minute you take that and use that as a substitute for, well, you're racist because you're privileged, or, you know, you start using it as a shorthand to write people off, congratulations, you're no longer green, you've lapsed into amber yeah, yeah. or umber. 
Well, and, and let's, let's, let's make that clear. I think what I would say is that when you use something like privilege as a means to gain power over other people, Mm-hmm. Then, then, then it's obviously not green. So if, if I'm using, if I'm like Corey, you're a white cisgendered male, and I'm doing that to dismiss your argument, right? Which is basically an ad hominem attack, right? So yep. it's like I don't, I don't have to listen to you because of what you look like, and yep. I can uh, discard you. Know, it, it, that's obviously a pre-rational stance. I mean, yep. obviously, you know, no, no rationalist is going to is going to take a stance of like, well, I refuse to listen to you because you're black. You know, it's like that's not rational. That's racist. You know. Yep. And obviously, if you say to me, well, you don't have a right to speak about trans issues, Keith, because you're not a trans woman. It's like, well, I can talk about white men. I'm not have an opinion on anything else. You know, it's like that. That's a ridiculous position to take. It doesn't make any uh-huh. sense. Now, I need to be open that I might be wrong because I don't live in that space, right? But that's different. Healthy Green is an invitation to take a close and critical look at our conditioning, our habituations, the various cultural constructs that we've assumed. Mm-hmm. Are, exactly. It's an mm-hmm. invitation to take a look at all that and to dismantle the ones that are no longer working or the ones that have become transparent to you. That is healthy green and that continues to be really, really necessary and needed in today's world. Unhealthy and green- as, as, And then as we move to a dialectic, I just want, I want to finish this loop because we before we go down- Yeah, another. no, exactly, so, no, I, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm getting there. I just, I, I just want oh, to say great, that- great. You know, if you're using the, oftentimes what we see with wokeism is people who memorize the punchline but don't understand the joke. <laughs> right? Oh my right? God, that's a brilliant metaphor. I love that. I love they that. Know, they, that's, they, that's they know so the answers, accurate. but they can't do the math that actually produces yeah. these perspectives in the first place. So it's, yeah, it's yeah. these big, beautiful green ideas that just get enforced in this oftentimes belligerent us versus them, essentialist, amber to umber kind of way. But, you know, again, healthy green is the world of discourse. So then we go from discourse, from differentiation and or dissociation to a more integral enfoldment, right? Which we can call a dialectic. And so basically, you know, the gift that green gave us, the gift that pluralism gave us, and by the way, this is the best way to tell if a woke person is healthy green or not, how pluralistic are they? Because the minute they start writing off views and values because it belongs to a certain kind of category, that's no longer pluralism, buddy. You know, like bring back pluralistic green again. But the gift of pluralism is that it does indeed put everything on the table. Now, it puts everything on the table in such a way, you know, in integral, we have a fancy word for this. We call it non-exclusion. The idea mm-hmm. being that everyone's allowed to speak their truths. Everyone can put their truth on the table. But then we have to move to the next step, which moves from non-exclusion to enfoldment, where we begin to say that, okay, we have all these truths, but some truths are more true and other truths are more partial. And so we have to figure out, not just do this kind of you know, horizontal buffet of possible perspectives, but we have to start stacking these and prioritizing these in certain ways. And right, that requires, right. that's and, more and, of a dialectic. And, and, and what happens if you don't, you know, and Candace pointed this out brilliantly, but if you say, okay, we are all about e- egalitarianism and m- multiple points of view, we're going to do our diversity, inclusion, and equity stuff, we're going to invite all people to the table, you know, and we want to welcome all views, you know, the immediate thought is that, well, you're being disingenuous because you don't want a neo-Nazi at the fucking table, guys. And that's what Ken points out. Like, well, everyone yep. believes in like pluralism until the Nazi shows up and they go, oh shit, I guess we don't mean all voices. And it's like, yeah, you actually don't mean all voices. You're right. saying it, but it would be 
transparently absurd to put it into action because then you'd have to allow anybody at the table. And with a lot of diversity, inclusion, and equity folks, at least the ones that I, the circles I've been in, you know, in places like Boulder and things, when liberals say they want diversity, they mean black people who think like them. <laughs> they don't mean cons- they don't mean conservatives. It's like, right. we, don't, we don't want, we, and they don't mean poor black people who who dropped out of high school. You know, right. It's like no, no. I, I want people with master's degrees who are black, so that Boulder is integrated. And it's like you fucking <laughs> asshole. Like, like that's not what that's not pluralistic. It's not integrated. You know, like just because you have dark skin, you you, don't, you shouldn't give yourself a a crown for for being so progressive. It's 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 like a clown show. Yeah. You know what's funny? You know what's funny about that? Because I just want to make clear everyone, Keith is the Boulderite in this conversation. I live, I live in the next town over. I live in Longmont. Which, funny enough, we might say is a less developed in terms of our you know vertical, maybe somewhat less developed, but way more inclusive and diverse of a community than Boulder ever will be. That's yeah, sort of yeah, the irony the, of this, right? Yeah, is that Boulder yeah. really prides itself on how beautiful, vibrant green it is, and how just so beyond racism they are, which is very easy to say when 99% of your population looks like you. And, every, and everybody's, everybody has a pretty decent amount of wealth, you know, like, exactly. I, mean, I live in this little tiny apartment, you know, it's like, I can't afford a house in Boulder. Right. So again, so if we take this back to green, and the idea is that, you know, what people on the left tend not to want to talk about is class, classism. Right. Like, if we're gonna talk about privilege, if you're gonna stand up there as the white woman, and lecture me about male privilege, it's like, okay, well, how much money do you have in your bank account? Because if we're gonna talk about privilege, we should probably, like that's actually like a really big form of privilege. But people don't wanna talk about that because they wanna talk about the kind of privilege that oftentimes leaves them in a greater position of power. That's and right. that's when we know we're not actually having a conversation about pluralism, we're having a conversation about this expert phase. That's uh, right. And I, and I know that right away with people. If, when I go to those things and people start talking about DEI, and you know, and there isn't a conversation about class. I just say, man, this whole room smells like shit. And I, I'm not interested in being part of a conversation that's going to pretend like class isn't something that we should be talking about if we're going to be talking about privilege. Give me a fucking that's break. Right. Yeah, you know? beautifully said. Beautifully said. <clears throat> so all of this, I think, is what naturally begins to sort of take place. These are the natural processes, I think, that occur at Integral. And I think we're seeing, hopefully, our audience is seeing some of this in this conversation where we you know we we make a cultural critique about the just amount of dissociation that we're seeing right both on the right and on the left each of which have totally dissociated from each other and there's almost a curative kind of loop where it's like okay first we want to get back to differentiation but then we want to kind of go up to a reintegration and i think that this is sort of the promise and the hope and the power in a lot of ways of sort of the integral territory itself is that it begins to allow us to understand that you know the question what is a man is as you know i think you made the case very clearly and poignantly in your in your first episode you cannot at the integral stage answer that question without integrating upper right quadrant biological sex lower left quadrant culture and cultural constructs and expectations and fashions and that whole space as well as our upper left identities and then we bring in this other piece of sort of the legal pressures the economic pressures the technological pressures coming from the lower right this is the minimal way we can reconstruct an answer to that question of what is a man or what is a woman 